another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. You know what? It really is an honour to have you joining us today. It is so cool during this lockdown season to have so many people leaning in and pursuing God together. You know, to have people joining us for the first time and maybe you're pursuing faith for one of the very first times or coming back to a relationship with God. It's just so awesome to have you with us. And we're in this whole topic at the moment, this whole series of defying gravity about overcoming. And last Sunday, Craig and I, we spoke about how gravity, it's this downward force. And, you know, we live in a world today where there's an enemy who would want to take us down, who would want to hold us back. But I love that we have a God who is greater and that isn't God's lot for us in life. He has called us to life and life in all its fullness. We are called to be overcomers. And you know what, as I was preparing this message today. I remembered back to the days when Craig was teaching our son Zion to surf and he was only three years old at the time. And so Craig would take him out into the surf with him on his back and then they would catch a wave together. Then Craig would swing swing him down to the front and place him on the board. I think I've actually got a photo to show you today of what he looked like in that moment. But I would be watching from the beach and people would walk past and see that I was the mum and they would say to me, oh my gosh, are you not freaking out? And I would reply, not at all. I mean, his dad is with him. I had no fear because of who was with him. I knew Craig was strong enough to protect him, loved him enough to want the best for him, and was more than able to carry him. And you know, it got me thinking, what if we had a revelation of who was with us? If we had that awakening of the God that is with us, it would change everything for us. Come on, that the God who created the entire universe, who holds the earth in His hands, that same God is with us. What if we realized that the same power that raised Christ from the dead, that same power was with you and me working through us? You know, what if we realized that the God who created the world with just the words from His mouth, that that God was with us and so was His word? You know, what if we realized that the God who parted the Red Sea so that His people could walk into freedom, that same God was with us? You know, what if we realized that the God that brought down the walls of Jericho because his people trusted in him, that that same God is with us. What if we had a revelation of the power of his Holy Spirit being with us, the power that brought 12 disciples out of hiding and caused them to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ all over the world and they gave their lives for it. Come on, if we had a revelation of who was with us, there is nothing that would hold us back. There is no circumstance, no thought pattern, no habit, no relationship issue, no loneliness, no insecurity. There is nothing that would hold us back. See, the truth is that God being with me is the greatest revelation that we need to overcome. It's the why to our overcoming. It is the why to our victory. Again, if we grabbed hold of this truth, it would change everything. See, because He is with me, I do not fear. 
Because he is with me, the word of God says, I will not be dismayed. Because he is with me, the word says, I will not dread anything. Because he is with me, I have peace. Because he is with me, I am content. Because he is with me, I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil. Because he is with me, I overcome the power of the enemy. Because he is with me, I can advance against my enemy. I can scale our wall. Because he is with me, the Bible tells us we can do all things. So the key to our overcoming, the why to our victory is because he is with us. You know what? We have an incredible example of this in David and the Bible. And you know, the army of Israel is standing before the enemy, the Philistines, and a giant Goliath comes out in front of them and says, you know, send someone from the camp. You know, let's have a one-on-one duel. You know, the winner takes all. And the entire army of Israel was petrified and no one would stand up against the giant. But then young David comes along and he's visiting his brothers who are soldiers in the army. So we know he's too young to be in the army himself. He's definitely just a teenager, just a boy in the eyes of everyone else. But you know what? David's like, who is this guy to find my God? I'll battle him. And King Saul's like, you know, mate, do you know what you're getting yourself into? But David's like, you know what? I killed the lion and the bear because God was with me. This guy is going to be no exception. So the Bible says he runs into battle to faith Goliath with incredible confidence. Why? Because he knew God was with him. Like it says in 1 Samuel 17, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you had defiled. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. And then it goes on to say, all those gathered here will know that it's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. And David, he did just that. He ran towards Goliath and he took him down with a stone and then chopped off his head. I love it. And the Bible gets a bit R-rated. But David had this incredible revelation that God was with him. He knew that he knew that he knew that he would overcome. You know, I think this truth is so powerful that the revelation that he had that God was with him, it changed how he saw himself. He didn't see himself as a boy, a shepherd boy with no battle experience, totally unprepared. No, he saw himself as an overcomer. He saw himself as victorious. And you know, the revelation that God is with me, that God is with you, it changes how we see ourselves. It changes how I see me. It it should change how we see you. You know, I still remember the day that filters came out through social media. I honestly remember the moment of scrolling through my phone, through Insta and saying to Craig, man, why do they look so good, babe? How do they make themselves look like that? And in that moment, I was introduced to this whole world of filters. And you know what? Most of the time in messages, you will hear speakers talk about how we don't need filters, you know, be the real you. But I'm here today to say we totally need to use a filter. We aren't meant to view ourselves just as we are. You know, let's be honest, if we we view ourselves just as we are, it can be a depressing view sometimes. We can see all our insecurities, our failures, our wrongs, our challenges. We see the real us. But we're meant to see ourselves through the filter of being made in God's image, 
that we are children of the Most High God, that we aren't complete on our own, but we are complete through Him working through us. So when we see ourselves through the image of, man, that filter of God being with me, we start to see ourselves as overcomers. You know, rather than maybe seeing yourself as not being able, we need to see ourselves through our God filter that we can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Rather than seeing ourselves as our failures, we need to start to see ourselves through the God filter that His grace is sufficient because His strength is made perfect in weakness. You know, rather than seeing ourselves as living controlled by our emotions, we need to use the God filter that says we have the Holy Spirit living within us and the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace and self-control. And another big one, rather than seeing ourselves as victims, we can use our God filter that we are overcomers. Greater is He that is in us than he that is in this world. And it's just something I want to take a little bit of time to talk about today because, you know, the truth is I think that seeing ourselves as a victim can be a popular filter that we use today, you know, way more popular than being an overcomer. And please hear my heart today. You know, I don't want to be insensitive to those of us that are going through a space where God is doing a deep work in us and that we're going through healing. But I notice a trend in society that's happening at the, at the moment where it's popular to stay in pain. You know, we can get validation from how tough life has been for us. And it can be so easy then to share heartbreak moments, to share them with the world all around us and to receive love and support because of it. And I totally get this. And in the right setting, this is needed and necessary. But what I wanna encourage us with today and challenge us on is we cannot park ourselves there. God is the God who no matter what we have gone through, what we have been through, He wants to take us and make it into a victory for us. Now, to be honest, I've recently found myself even battling this in this lockdown period. You know, everyone feeling sorry for us being here in Victoria lockdown. And you can start to feel yourself settling into this victim mindset. But you know what I found? If you see yourself as a victim, it becomes even harder to get out of your challenge. You know, when I worked at Auckland Sexual Abuse for a period of time and walked with those that had been abused, one of the things we never did was label someone as a victim of sexual abuse. They were always a survivor of it. And it gave this sense of empowerment to those that had walked through some incredibly tough times. In the same way, God wants to empower us. He wants to see ourselves as overcomers who will step into everything that God has for us, not as a victim, but as an overcomer. You know, if we look to the Bible, Ruth is an incredible example of this. She is someone who did not park herself in her hardship, but she was determined to move on from it. And you know, the story of Ruth, it starts with this incredible tragedy and Israelite man moves his entire family to a foreign land called Moab and he's hoping to prosper in this foreign land, but the opposite ends up happening. He ends up dying and leaving his wife Naomi with their two sons and these sons end up marrying. But soon after marrying, they also die. So this lady, Naomi, she's left as a widow with two daughter-in-laws and no hope whatsoever. And so she decides to go back to Israel and allow her daughter-in-laws to go back to their families. But one daughter-in-law, Ruth, she refuses to leave Naomi. 
Instead, she makes this incredibly courageous decision to go back to Israel with her. And this would have been huge for Ruth. I mean, firstly, she had to leave her family, never see them again. She had to go to Israel with no security whatsoever, no government support, and they were in extreme poverty. She had to go to Israel as a foreigner. And you know, foreigners were seen as people to shut out, to, to not welcome in as, at all. They were seen as not being good enough. And then she'd also suffered the incredible loss of losing her husband, young, without giving him an, a child, which meant that she had no value whatsoever either. But in the middle of all this challenge, I love it, she was a woman who overcame. God moved radically on her behalf, came to her rescue, and long story short, she ends up marrying this incredible Israelite man called Boaz, and she had children and becomes the great-grandmother of King David and and the divine generational line for the birth of Jesus Christ. What a story of God's ability to turn any situation around for good that when we trust in Him to move on our behalf, we will always overcome. So what we're going to do today is just take a moment to look at the example of Ruth and look at how she lived in overcoming life. And the first thing she did is that she sought out blessing in the wilderness. You know, when Ruth and Naomi arrived in Israel, the first thing Ruth did was said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick out the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favour. See, there was this law in Israel at the time that said those that were harvesting could leave grain for the poor to gather. So Ruth goes out to seek this out. You know, she went looking for blessing. In the middle of the wilderness, she looked for favour and it wasn't easy to find. You know, not everyone in Israel followed the law at that time. And as a foreigner, she would have been a prime target for people to bully her. But instead of being deterred by the what if, she went looking for the blessing. She went looking for favour. She went looking for any blessing that she could get her hands on. You know what? I want to ask us this question today. In this season, you know, are we looking for the blessing? Are we looking for God's goodness or have we just settled into surviving? James 1 verse 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. I know God has incredible blessings for us in this season, but are we on the lookout for it? You know, prophetically, I feel right now for our business owners and leaders that are tuning in today that God is wanting to release divine creativity so that you can expand your business to the next level. I I also really feel like for mums and parents listening in today that God is going to give you divine wisdom in this season for how to unlock the gold that is in the lives of your kids. You know, for others of those that are listening in today, and I have a sense that you feel like you're floundering at this time, like you don't really have a purpose, but God is wanting to drop His dream for your life into your heart. You know, would you take a moment to listen? And I feel for some that it's actually time to reposition yourself, that God has got so much more that He wants to do through you. You know, the amazing thing about Ruth is that her motivation and looking for the blessing wasn't about her life, but it was for the sake of somebody else. It was for the sake of Naomi. And I want to encourage us today that the blessing is not just for us, 
Your blessing on the other side of your blessing is someone's freedom, someone's salvation. It's heaven coming to earth. What a motivation that we have to go for all of God's blessings for our life. Now, like Craig, Pastor Craig said at the beginning of this lockdown season, the blessing doesn't just stop with us. You know, he declared that we've been given an entrusted time in this season. And what are we doing with it? You know, I really want us as a church to be people who are willing to fight for the blessing, willing to fight for victory. Now, again, what was amazing about Ruth is that she was willing to do what was ever necessary to overcome. She was willing to do the hard work, harvesting wheat, which would have been really tough. And most importantly, when Naomi directed her, she was willing to go to Boaz and claim her rights for him to redeem her. Now, we haven't got time to go into that today, but I encourage you to check out the story of Ruth in the Bible and find out more of those details. But it was an incredibly brave and humble act for her to do. And I have this sense today, you know what? To overcome, it means fighting for the promise. No being willing to do what is ever necessary to overcome. So I think a question that we can ask ourselves today is, you know, for the battle that you may be facing, are you willing to do what is necessary to overcome? You know, maybe it's been open and actually talking to somebody that you can trust, you know, a group leader. Maybe trust them with the, the hidden sin that can be going on. You know, James 5 verse 16 It says these words, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, there is power in our confession. Or maybe it's doing something like a course where you can get the help that you need. Or maybe it's been prepared to open up to somebody and talk about you know, the root of the battle, where that started from, and being willing to open up and allow God to really go there. You know, whatever we are facing, I know that we serve a turnaround God that has blessing for us in the middle of the wilderness. And let's go looking for it. You know, it's a real blessing to have Kina join me today. And Kina and Dean are some of our incredible connection pastors. And she's going to continue with this whole thought of overcoming. So Kina, over to you. Well, thanks so much, Pastor Nadia. It's so great to be with you, church, today and looking at this topic of overcoming. And I'm so excited to be sharing some more thought around Ruth. What stood out to me is how Ruth faced her challenge and kept moving forward, which led her to fulfilling the purpose God had for her life. What's also great about Ruth's story, as you can see from the points Pastor Nadia has shared so far, and as well as the points that I'm going to raise, is the beauty of having the benefit of seeing her entire life and the perspective of seeing from beginning to end. This is how God sees our story, and we can trust that He is walking with us every step of the way. He knows our beginning, he knows our middle, and he knows our end. I think a verse that many of us would know well, and the people of Ruth's day would have used to encourage themselves that God sees us in them and has a plan for them, is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. As Pastor Nadia has already shared, Ruth faced many challenges. Challenges such as being born at a time where women had no rights, being a part of a persecuted race that the Israelites had a law stating that Moabites were not welcome in their land. It was a time when a woman who didn't have a man in her life was considered nothing. In fact, they were actually called liminal, which literally means nothing, non-existent. And then following all of this, her husband dies. 
When we read her story now, it can feel like a series of interesting hardships in a, a broader narrative. And with the benefit of a book being thousands of years old and us being able to read her story from start to finish in four chapters and 20 minutes, but if you put yourself in Ruth's shoes at that exact point in time, when you weren't 100% sure of what the next day was going to bring, these would have been extremely difficult and confronting times. Just like Ruth went through, we're all at different seasons in our journey and facing many different challenges along the way. Some of us may be at the beginning full of hope, Others may be feeling like you're in a valley in a world of challenge, while others may feel like you're in your later years and fulfilling your purpose. The key question to ask ourselves is what is our trajectory during our story? To put it another way, what is your life aiming towards? We know while there will be ups and downs, challenges and setbacks, but trajectory will stay set forward moving to God. I've learned not to measure my journey on where I'm in a moment, but instead of by seeing how far I've come. Let me give you an example. When Dean and I first started dating, I was so shy that I would hardly speak in a group setting. In fact, I remember one night going out to dinner with some close friends of his, and I didn't say a word apart from hello and maybe ordering food for the entire night. I was so worried that what I would say would be the wrong thing. Now, 20 years on, I am where I am, am I where I want to be? No, I still get tongue-tied and nervous at times, but look how far I've come. It's okay if you're not at where you want to be. What matters is that you're moving forward, that you're progressing and you're overcoming. We can take the pressure off ourselves and know that when we walk with God, He will make all things work to His plan and fulfill the purpose He has for us. In Romans 8, 28, the Bible says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. All things, not just the good. God uses all things, areas that we have confidence and areas we don't have confidence, the times that we have failed and the times that we have triumphed. When we place ourselves in his hands, he works everything together for good. So just like Ruth, Moving through this life journey, it's important to be aware of what can take us off track or what can cause us to get stuck. I love that Ruth didn't allow herself to get stuck in the painful parts of the process of her life story, but she continually does the one next thing she can to keep moving forward. And that allowed her to fulfill the purpose God had on her life. Have you ever felt stuck? Like you're at the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people. I know I have. So let's look at a couple of things that can cause us to go off track or get stuck in our journey. We make excuses. If only I had a different upbringing, if only I was single, if only I was married, if only I had more time, if only I lived somewhere else, I don't have the skill, I don't have the finance. Maybe we can have the wrong attitude. This is just how I am or I'm never going to change. If all we do is think on the things and the excuses of why we can't, we will never move forward. We won't overcome, we will stay stuck. Sometimes our biggest challenges that take us off track are the result of our own broken thinking or our own broken choices. But sometimes it's the result of someone else's brokenness that has been inflicted on us. And you know, I'm not saying that the excuses we have aren't legitimate or that the pain behind them isn't real, it is but it's a matter of having the perspective that it's something that we need to move on and push through to keep ourselves moving forward, 
to keep ourselves overcoming. And at times, it feels like it's completely our right to have excuses. But do we want to be right, or do we want to stay on track and fulfill our purpose? Another way we can get stuck is when we are continually desiring to live in a land of er, the place where you are smarter, richer, prettier. When you ask yourself, if only they were nicer, or if only life was easier, if only my kids were cleaner or my husband listened better. To be honest, this is a land I know well, and I have visited often over the years. A great quote is, how do you ever expect to arrive at your destination if you're always on the road to another man's city? So what's your excuse? And what's your land of Ur look like? And what path are they leading you and I on? If we choose to focus on God and his promise, then he'll lead us through all things well. Psalm 32.8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. So despite the potential excuses and the temptation to live in the land of Ur, we need to find a way to move forward. So I guess the next point to explore is how did Ruth maintain her trajectory? Well, firstly, she trusted in the character of God over what people said. She knew that the character of God was kind. And so she believed that because he was kind, he would make a way for her no matter what her literal life situation looked like. Ruth put her trust in God, not in a list of people's rules or what they said. She knew that who God said he is remains, but what people say changes. People said, you're a Moabite widow. You will never be welcome in our land. Yet God's response was, I'll give you favour in the sight of man, and you will play a huge part in providing the birth line that brings salvation to the world. Secondly, she kept taking her next step forward without the guarantee of a known outcome. Ruth gave her life without any guarantee of what the outcome would be. Ruth had no idea that people would be reading her story and being inspired by her thousands of years later. I'm not sure if she even knew the significance of her son being born and the line of kings that would follow. This highlights to me that seemingly small challenges we face and the things we overcome today can and will make a ripple effect for generations to come. Are we willing to do the same and trust God without a guaranteed outcome? So church, what are the challenges you're facing in your story that is your life? Where are you in your journey? Identify your excuses, own them, surrender them and move on. Stop yourself from desiring to visit the land of Urs. The Bible tells us that comparison is a thief. What's stopping you from taking your next step forward? Maybe you're the kind of person who likes to know what step two, three, four, and five is before you take step number one. But I encourage you, just take the first step. So let's learn and put into practice this lesson we've learned from Ruth, a simple Moabite woman who God uses still to this day to change the world by overcoming her challenges and continuing to move forward. So I pray that this has been a blessing to you today and that you've been encouraged. I know that the story of Ruth has spoken to me so many times over the years. Back to you, Pastor Nadia. Thanks so much, Keena. And there was so much truth in those thoughts. You know, we are empowered to move forward. And now I love that we're ultimately empowered to move forward because we have a God that is working behind the scenes for us. You know, we see this with Ruth, you know, everything just falling into place for her. You know, she goes to a field where 
she's harvesting. It just happens to be the field of Boaz, you know, the man that's destined to be her redeemer. And Boaz just happens to turn up when Ruth turns up, you know, there's so many things that just happen to work out and we can just see God working behind the scenes on Ruth's behalf. And you know what? God is doing exactly the same thing in your life. When we trust Him, He is working behind the scenes to bring everything to good. It's just like that passage that Kina read out, and I'm going to read it out from the message version. In Romans 8 verse 28, it says, Meanwhile, the moment we get tired of the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. That's why we can be so sure that every detail of our lives of love for God is worked into something good. You know, He truly is the God who is with us, who is intricately working the details of our lives into something that is good. He is working behind the scenes on our behalf. And you know what? The story of my dad is just an incredible example of this. You know, he is one of my heroes and I talk about him a lot, but you know, you may have joined us online and not heard this story, but He was a product of rape, and so he was born into a world of complete rejection. He was the only kid in his entire school that didn't have a dad. He was completely ostracized, broken, abused, and left school at the age of 14. But in that moment, he radically found God, discovered the love of our Heavenly Father. And so he started a a job as a bumboy in a factory, in a glazing factory. And God taught him in that moment how to actually work, you know, verses like work for your earthly master is unto the Lord. And so he actually became one of the boss's best workers. And he eventually then ended up leaving uh, that factory and going farming and doing really well. And my parents were able to buy their own farm and prospered in it. And years later, dad actually ended up selling our farm and buying the commercial land so our church could have a building. And that building ended up being the same building that dad had started as a bum boy in, just a factory worker in. God took him from being a bum boy in the factory to the landowner of it. And today he's still in the same town as when he grew up. He's one of the most successful men in the town and he's gone from a reject to one of the town's pillars. And he would be the first one to say, it is only God that is able to do that. See, we have a God that is fighting for us, who's fighting on our behalf, who's working behind the scenes to bring everything around for our good. And I know in the middle of the season that He wants to do exactly the same for you as well. Exodus 14 verse 14 says these words, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. And I just have sensed that scripture for many of us today, that we need to allow God to fight the battle for us. Us. You know, the way we face the battle is actually resting in Him, secure in His promise. You know, it's not just about us sitting back and allowing whatever to take place, but we fight by actually positioning ourselves in Him so that He is able to fight on our behalf. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.